Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Alina Heights about shifting your mental wellness at work to feel less stress and avoid burnout. Alina Heights, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited for this conversation today. We're going to be talking about mental wellness in the workplace. We're going to be talking about how we can shift our mental framing uh, at work so that we can feel less stress and avoid burnout. We know that burnout is a huge, huge challenge in the workplace today. Uh, I think during the pandemic, it's even received more attention because of the challenges people have been facing trying to work remotely and balance work family uh, and all the different aspects and the health concerns and, and all those anxieties, many people having to try to help their kids, you know, doing homeschool while working from home. So there's just all this stuff, right. That's been adding to the complexities of how we live our lives over the, over these last couple of years. Uh, and, and we know that instances of, of mental uh, health, uh, challenges and stress and anxiety, those have been going up. Uh, domestic abuse has been going up. Like all these different challenges have been increasing. And uh, all of this is happening within a context where we know we we want to be successful in business. We want to be able to be effective as employees. And we can't always, well, probably never really compartmentalize our life so that home life stays at home and work life stays at work. It all bleeds together. Uh, so how do we go about shifting our mental wellness at work so that we can feel less stress and avoid burnout? That's what we'll be exploring and unpacking together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Alina's bio with everybody. Alina Heights is the voice of the everyday working parent that struggles with the ups and downs of life. As a type A personality, always on the move, she struggled with her own sense of mental wellness for several years through various tools, classes, and mentors. She now practices and teaches about mental wellness in the workplace. Alina has a simple and fun approach to teaching and practicing better self-care, self-compassion, mindfulness, and overall mental wellness at work. She's the author of a book of reflections on mother nature titled I am, which was written for those in need of healing and those that work in the helping profession. It's a wonderful opportunity to be with you. I, I really am excited to hear about your insights and, and everything that you have to share. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in further? No, I think that summed it all up. I'm definitely uh, an everyday person. I, I come from the non doctor or um, clinician background. So I do have a little bit of a different take on things. Yeah, well, great. And maybe we can start with your approach to mental wellness. As you, as I mentioned in the bio, you've had your own struggles with this over time, which is not unique. Like so many people uh, struggle with 
their mental wellness. And we all really should be practicing better self-care, better self-compassion, mindfulness, and such. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you come from and your framing around this issue. Um, and, and then we can start to talk about some of the tips and tools for self-care, self-compassion, and mindfulness. Yes. And I, and I just want to thank you for saying that, you know, that we all have struggled. We all have our ups and downs. And that's just part of being a human and the human experience, right? Having our ups and downs. Um, yeah, several years ago, um, now it's been 20 years, um, I had a, I was in college and I had a, um, let's say like a mental wellness pandemic, right? <laughs> My own chaos, let's say. And um, from that point forward, I really moved forward in my own healing of really finding a balance in life. And I don't think that we ever really have an entire balance. I think that, you know, with work and personal, you mentioned everything bleeds together. I think that, you know, finding your own personal balance is what we really want to strive for, not anybody else's. And like, what does balance really mean? I think we're all kind of out of balance. It's, you know, all day, depending on what time of day it is, if we can be better with balance, <laughs> that's the goal. And, you know, I like to say the little micro changes throughout the day can help us feel more, let's say, namaste, right? More at peace, more at, um, more at balance. So I did struggle with my mental health in my early 20s. And from that point forward, I just became really, really much of a um, learner. And then, you know, as you know, I'm still a learner, right? We're all learning. But I really, I always found myself guided to find healing within the mental wellness field. And now, because we've been through a pandemic for, I don't want to say been through, we're still in it, but we're, it's, it's, you know, I see the light at the end of the tunnel here, right? So, you know, I'm seeing that the essential workers, the healthcare professionals, you know, they're burnt out and stressed like everyone else. But I realized when I was sick, I was at a conference, a respiratory care conference, and I asked in the chat, how are you feeling? And I couldn't believe the anonymous chats that I was getting. It like it gave me chills almost because it was like, wow, these healthcare professionals are really struggling. They're resentful. They're tired. They're angry. They're drained. Some of them just don't feel good anymore and they lost their passion. And I'm not saying it was all negative, but it really hit home. I'm like, this is what, this is who, you know, this is, this is important. Our healthcare professionals that take care of us, they need to be taken care of too. They need to practice their own sense of mental wellness and self-compassion and self-care to really help others, right? That whole idea of like putting on your oxygen mask you know, filling your cup first before you pour onto others. You know, that idea. It's cliche, but when we really look at it, it's, it's vital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. And we, we have all the first line uh, workers and, and uh, first responders. And, and I think, you know, in, in a, in an organizational setting, leaders have taken on a really heavy load too, because they've been trying to look out for their people and they've been trying to show compassion and empathy and understanding and accommodations for their teams. Um, not always getting that same support themselves. It's the same idea that you were just sharing. And so I think we need to have extra compassion towards leaders in our organizations, um, give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, 
try to help them and t- and ease their burden, ease their load whenever possible. Uh, they will very much appreciate it. I'm sure they need it. And just like just like those uh, in the medical field or or anyone else, you know, who who is struggling, uh, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about some specific things we can be doing as we approach self care, self compassion, and mindfulness. Um, because I mean, there's a whole bunch of things we can do. Uh, but how do we get started? Especially if, if we find ourselves in a really stre- high stress, high anxiety, kind of even borderline burnout kind of a state. How do we walk that back? And how do we start to put in place these, these, uh, these little instances throughout each day so that we can maintain a, a more healthy balance and, and uh, overall better mental health state? And this is the question I get every time I get interviewed. How do we start? And it's, it's the, I always answer the same way. We first, we have to meet ourselves where we are. We can't expect ourselves to be gurus of meditation and self-care and self-compassion if we're running at a high level of almost near burnout or burnout. We have to give ourselves, you know, some people may say grace, some people may say self-compassion, but it's really like meet myself where I am and let's like start small. Let's start tiny, you know, and my whole philosophy is like, I'm not going to give you more work. You have a lot of work. You know, you were talking about CEOs and leaders, you know, heads of organizations. They have a laundry list of to-dos. They have more work than they probably want to know about, right? And more responsibility. So I'm not going to say, okay, you need to meditate 30 minutes a day. Let's, let's, let's be reasonable. Let's start with what you can do. And I'm not going to tell you to eliminate anything right away. Let's add something in something minor. Maybe it's waking up five minutes earlier. Maybe it's just waking up five minutes earlier and breathing and starting your day without being connected to the cell phone. You know, maybe it's taking a break and having some gratitude, like writing a little, it may sound like, you know, a little cheesy, oh, gratitude list, but just starting out the day saying, you know what? I'm grateful that I have a job, that I have feet, that I can stand on and walk to the bathroom, like in the morning and then brush my teeth. And just starting that soundtrack of having gratitude and shifting that mindset. Well, and and how do we we start that? Because it does feel overwhelming. People say, I want to take breaks. I want to go on walks. I want to meditate. I want mindfulness practices. Um, I want to do deep breathing. Like I want to do these things. But my, I'm just so busy. I don't have the time. I'm running from thing to thing to thing. I'm going from back-to-back meetings all day long and putting out fires all day. Uh, how do we interrupt that framing and that kind of a, a lifestyle, a workplace uh, um, experience so, so that we can start to have these things in place that will, will make a difference? And I want to share that that's the exact person that doesn't have time in between meetings. That's the person that needs to hear this the most, right? Because if you're... It's all about your routine. If everyone has a busy life, everyone has an eventful schedule, right? If we're not planning our day, somebody else is, right? The, the whole idea, you're, you're in management and leadership. You know, they say, if you're not managing your time, time is managing you. That's just like a basic, right? So if I really want to do something in my life, I will take the time to do it, right? We value, we take action on what we value. If we really want to incorporate a meditation practice, make it one doable. 
So maybe it's two minutes setting your alarm on your cell phone at three o'clock that I'm going to go outside, take a walk for two minutes, start small. But if we don't, if we're not willing to take our cell phone out and make an alarm and look at our day and be strategic about our day, then we're not really wanting to meditate. We don't really want to be more mindful because we also need to know the why. Why do I want to be mindful? Okay, let's be mindful. Let's be more, you know, routine focused. But the reason we want to know why, well, to be more mindful, more life satisfaction. If we're more mindful and more compassionate, we'll perform better eventually. You know, everyone's all this multitasking. Well, did you know that if you're more mindful and you do one task at a time, you'll do it better and more efficiently and sometimes quicker. So knowing the why behind the actions, like, and that, like anything in life, is really important. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, so knowing your why, your reason for wanting to do these things, uh, and it, you know, it may just be that you you know you have high blood pressure and you need to to decrease your anxiety and stress a little bit. And, and so you want to start to dabble in some of these things. You would just want to be around for your kid's wedding or, or whatever. Uh, it may be that you really feel like you could see the benefit right now, immediately in your life. Uh, and I, and I make that distinction because, you know, I, I tell my wife sometimes, I, I think I do a fairly decent job of getting exercise, doing mindfulness things, practicing self-care. I, I think I, do a fairly decent job of that, but I often won't even recognize how stressed I am. Um, and my wife can sense it. And I don't, I just feel like I'm fine. Like I'm happy. I'm fine. Things are going well. Um, and she's like, yeah, but you were clenching and grinding your teeth last night (laughs) or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's a signal. Um, you know, and so sometimes people don't even realize it or they don't feel like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm fine the way I am. I don't need to change. Um, and they don't see the real need. And so regardless of whether you, it's, it's staring you straight in the face, you see the need, you understand it, you recognize that you need to do something right now and you have an urgency around it, or you feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm good. Um, I don't really need this. Uh, chances are you do. I mean, I think everyone does. Uh, and so we, we just need to learn to recognize, um, the subtle ways that stress can overtake us. And even if we feel like we're, we're pretty balanced and pretty happy, uh, we can always do better 
and and we can find greater balance and we can we can uh, do just simple things. One of the things that you mentioned that I think is just so important is as we're considering our day, start simple. Start with things you know you can do. You know, going going and hiking for an hour up in the mountains may not be even remotely reasonable for you. Um, you know, it might start with a 10-minute walk with the dog or um it might just be 2 minutes of deep breathing or literally taking like consciously taking that 30 seconds as you're walking from meeting to meeting to practice some deep breathing. Um, Just simple things like that can make a really big difference in our day, but we have to be attentive to it uh, because very quickly we can just get sucked into the busyness of everything that we're trying to do. And busyness can be addictive. I mean, busyness, we get that, you know, there's science behind that, you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to get into that. But busyness can be addicting. Work can be addicting. And, you know, if we really want, if we're aware enough to say to ourselves, okay, I need to slow down because I'm in robot mode. Or like I say to my son, zombie mode. You know, like I'm just going, I don't even know how I got to my destination. I drove there. I took the train, but I was in another world, you know, not being mindful, not being focused. So Um, when we are more focused on having some self-compassion for ourselves, but also knowing that like, okay, so if I keep operating the way that I'm operating, by the time I get elderly, I'm going to be like, not as well as I can be. You know, I always find that people who take moments for themselves and have a mindful breath or practice better self-care, they also sleep better and sleep. I was just talking about this on another interview, sleep is key to success, mental wellness, and physical wellness. Sleep is a primary need. If we're not, you know, water, food, sleep, you know, so making these little changes are actually better, long, sustainable changes for us that we can build on, you know, as we go. Yeah. And and what can we do? So I, I'm a leader in an organization, a CEO, an executive, or even a, you know, kind of mid- mid-level leader, I have a team of people that look to me, that rely on me. What can I do in my role as a leader to recognize the signs of stress and anxiety and burnout, employee disengagement and such? And what can I do to proactively help my people practice better mental wellness uh, approaches to their day consistently? And that's it. A lot of CEOs and leads of companies, they just don't know what to do. They know that there's a problem. They know people are getting burnt out and stressed. They don't know what to do. Like anything else, when we want to know what's going on, let's, I always say, let's, let's get a pulse on what's happening with everybody. Maybe it's having a anonymous survey, you know, like, how are you feeling? Like I did at that respiratory care conference. How are you feeling? What's going on? What are your priorities? Do you feel you have work-life balance working here? Are you engaged? You know, these kind of, you know, you're a researcher, you know, doing these, asking questions is like the first step to really, that's what I do with organizations. You know, what is the pulse? What's happening here? How burnt out are people? Or how, and that, you know, burnout connects to engagement. If you're burnt out at your job, likely you're clocking out at five, you're um, running out the door, you're not engaged at work, you know, or if you're burnt out, you're clocking out at 10 and you're still not engaged at work. You know what I mean? So getting a pulse of what's actually happening. If I was the CEO of a company, I want to know 
what are the struggles that people are really facing? And then build a wellness program around that or a mental wellness or engagement strategy around that. Yeah, and it's, it just all starts with intentionality uh, and awareness. And I would also say modeling for your people, uh, practicing self-care and self-compassion and and all of these sorts of things that we've been talking about. If I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I'm barking at people and I'm like, everyone can tell my anxiety level is up to here. Um, guess what? My people are going to end up being in that same kind of a mindset and that same type of an environment. So I need to model it for my people. I need to take a moment at the start of a meeting to acknowledge, you know, that people might be struggling and to take time to connect with people on a, on a real human basis. Uh, just some of these simple things and just encouraging your people, Hey, take, take a, a mental health break, uh, you yeah. know, go, go, go on a walk. Let's have a walking meeting. Uh, you know, That's like there's right. just so many little things you can do to model this and demonstrate it for your people and, and they will appreciate it because that, that then gives them permission to do it as well. It shows them an example of how to do it, but it also gives them permission to do it because sometimes we just feel trapped because, you know, our, our boss might give lip service to a certain thing, but then they behave in a different way. And then we, we worry like, what's going to happen to us if we actually do this thing? Is it going to hurt my, uh, his or her, uh, perception of me in the workplace? Is it going to hurt my potential for, uh, good projects or working with good clients or a promotion or whatever? Um, and, and when that, when we start to have that fear, even if it's not grounded in reality, it's just our perception. But when we have that fear, guess what? We're going to end up defaulting generally to unhealthy behaviors uh, that aren't sustainable. And so we just need to be very attentive to that as leaders and, and how people are looking to us, even when we don't think they're looking to us uh, for these types of things. Absolutely. It trickles down. It's a trickle down effect. I've had leaders, you know, supervisors during my time in higher education that were, you know, a mile a minute, never taking breaks, never having lunch, never going outside, never you know, on this beautiful day. And then I've had leaders who, you know, why don't you, why don't you take a vacation day? You know, maybe you need a vacation day or a mental health day to kind of, you know, regroup. You know, we all need a break. It's, we're human beings. We're not human doings. We all need a break. And if a CEO is encouraging wellness and just giving lip service to it, like you said, you know, you know we like the old saying, right? Actions speak louder than words. So, so let's encourage better actions a day at a time. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Very well said. Alina, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a few minutes, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. Sure. I am um, active on LinkedIn. If you want to find me, I'm Alina R. Heights on LinkedIn. I also have a website. If you want to contact me, it's alinarheights.com. I work with um, all types of organizations, mostly focused on healthcare, providing training, speaking, and consulting. And to leave, you know, my list, my list, uh, my list words, you know, let's focus on minor changes, meet yourself where you are, and model, like what John said, model and show up the best you can. If you're showing up, you're doing it right. I love it. Thank you, Alina. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Alina and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.
Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.